Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. May God bless you. Thank you so much for being part of our community here. Tuning in every day, letting us come across your radios or however you may listen to us. We're just thankful for you. Today's word of the day with me as always is Kevin. In just a minute, we'll go right back over to him. And uh, But I wanted to go right into our word of the day as we continue on uh, with our steps from healing. I'll, let me give you a little bit of background on that, where we came from. Uh, we came from 12 steps to healing. So we started Right in, the, right in the beginning of uh, accepting Jesus Christ as being step one, realizing we're a new creation in Christ. Step two, acknowledging our trauma. Step three, living under understanding we live under the shadow of an almighty God. Uh, step four, growth often means pain and trauma. Step five, pain transforms us into his image. Six, uh, pain helps us grow. Seven, uh, and then yesterday, seek biblical counseling. And, uh, uh, and then yesterday, know your triggers. And we'll start off in just a little bit and no self-destruction as being part of healing. But I want to go back to the word of the day being grace. And someone, I remember, uh, I think it was Harold Seitler made a comment one time many years ago that's quoted often. And, and he was asked to explain to a new church member, how big is grace? And he told the new church member, I can't explain this. He said, trying to understand grace is like trying to wrap your arms around a mountain. It's, uh, it's that big. It's even bigger. We can't understand it. And, and Paul puts it best. He, he said unto thee, my grace is sufficient for thee, the apostle Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon us. So understanding in context, as we think about grace here in, in the book of Second Corinthians in chapter 12, Paul's already been explained that he's been to the Lord. He's said to him, you know, I've got this affliction. Some people say, well, it's his vision, it's his hearing, but the Bible doesn't tell us what it is, and that's a good thing. And uh, some people say, I heard somebody recently say, well, it was his legs, it was this. Well, it, it couldn't have been. Uh, or he went, you know, some of the people say, well, it, it had to be this, and how did he swim to shore? And, and here's the great thing about this. The great reason why God didn't tell us about these things and what Paul's going through is Paul could be going through what we're going through in life. And here's God saying, Paul, Paul goes to the Lord and three times says, Lord, I, I, I've got this I'm going through. I, I, I got this crazy thing I'm going through, and would you take it from me? And, and then Paul goes back to God, and, and he doesn't tell us how long, but he went back to God and he said, God, Again, I have this terrible thing I'm going through, and it's this, this trial, this trauma, it's just terrible, this affliction. Will you help me? And God didn't answer the prayer the way he wanted to. So he went back to him a third time. And then he gets to the place where Paul says, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect. So here we are, as we've been talking about, Throughout this story of healing, throughout the steps of healing, 
from trauma, from PTSD, from abuse, from those terrible things we've been through, uh, we finally show up and we're at this place where we got to understand that God's grace is sufficient, that our weakness is his strengths, that our trials is his sandpaper to polish us into something pretty awesome, that our trials and tribulations bring us closer to him, uh, make us more in his image, uh, allow us uh, to be more Christ-like, allow people to see us a little differently, and that's pretty wonderful. We're going to start today, Kevin, with uh, number 10, being no self-destruction. So if we're going to heal, if we're going to make a difference, we can't be out there hurting ourselves. We No self-handicap and no self-injury. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, which I just read, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most, gla- uh, most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's what you want, friends. Have the power of Christ resting upon you. Therefore, I take in pleasure. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isn't it great to know, Kevin, that when I am weak, the Lord gets to be strong. That's a great thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I I tell you, God is for us. And because he's invested so much in our healing, you know, I I think most of us here listening would or talking would say, you know, there's a chapter in my life that we would we would label hurting. You know, we would title hurting. Maybe the next chapter you would title, I don't know, following H's you know, Hades, you know, you went from hurting to just a really bad, bad, low, horrible time. And then the next chapter should be healing. But, you know, how often the next chapter takes a lot longer and maybe we go back into hurting again and cycle through and we shouldn't because God's invested so much. What's he invested? He said, you know, think about it. Just when we, when, when you got up this morning out of bed the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So his grace, his mercy. In other words, if the joy of the Lord is my strength, I've got I've got this undeserved amount of joy that is given. The Bible says uh, 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 weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. So typically when I get up in the morning, <clears throat> even though I'm hurting the older I get, <laughs> you know, the joints and whatnot, but when I get up, typically... There's a, there's a God-given investment of joy until I talk myself out of it. And, you know, the Bible says, don't fail of the grace of God. In other words, don't take this investment that he's given you and fritter it away on negative thinking or by rehearsing right out of bed, rehearsing what's got a, what, what will no doubt happen today or what took place yesterday, you know, I can't change the past. I've not lived the future. I've just got an investment of God to get out of bed and to, to step off on the right foot. And that being able to handle an undeserved portion from God 
properly, I think is such a key. It really helps me to say, you know what? I need to get out of bed. For instance, this morning, I get up thinking about, you know, I don't know if you're like me, brother Doug, where sometimes you get out of bed and there's a stupid song going through your mind. Maybe you heard it at a restaurant. Uh, but anyway, there was some stupid song going through my mind this morning. And and so I just thought to myself, I've got to quickly go put on some kind of good thinking, some kind of good music. And, and I did that. And I praise God. I put on some Christmas music. It was being played from a Christian radio station uh, on an app. But it was great stuff. But, you know, God is investing in everyone's life grace. And it would be self-destructive if we fail of that grace and say, no, I'm not going to accept it because I don't deserve it. Yeah, you're right. We don't deserve it. I don't deserve a good day, but God wants us to have it. And it's essential to our healing. Amen. Amen. So just understanding, brethren, just understanding that no self-destruction is allowed. Uh, we No self-handicapping, not saying, man, I'm not good at this. No, you serve a God that's good at all things, that takes weakness and throws his strength through it. So you don't have to go around and say, well, I'm not really sure if I can do that. I'm not that great of a person, but you are a child of God. Uh, God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And uh, so no self-handicapping and none of that cutting yourself. God says that our body is a temple and yeah. uh, it's a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And then number 11, Kevin, as we continue on with the healing is accepting freedom, accepting freedom from the bondage that God gives us. It said in the Lord, he is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed over there in Deuteronomy 31, 8. And, and, and God's saying, he's going to be with us. He's not going to fail us. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to leave us. He's not bailing on us. All these worldly things that people do, all these attributes that we've learned to uh, look forward to, uh, sadly, because of earthly people, because we're all falling short of the glory of God, because we're going to let each other down, all those things you don't have to worry about with God. God's not failing you. He's always going to be with you. He's not going to leave. I don't know who's left you before. God doesn't leave. He's not going to forsake. He's not going to say, well, you're not my friend anymore. Someone else came in. I'm ghosting you. He takes your place. Move out. God doesn't do that. God, he's got room for all of us. Every single one of us. God's not, he, he's, he, you know, he's saying, fear not. Neither be dismayed. He says, listen, you don't, you don't have to deal with fear. You don't have to be dismayed. You don't have to go through those things. I got you. Folks, let me tell you, if you're hurting yourself, self-handicapping, saying, well, I can't do this, this illness, this injury, this junk I go through, I just can't do it. Stop it. Don't do it anymore. No handicapping. No. Just remember that Christ died for you. It's not about self-worth. Your worth is so great that Christ died for you. It's about God-worth. 
Self-worth is important. Self-esteem is important. I mean, when you take those words out and you add God-worth, God-esteem, boy, he died for you. He loves you so much. He's offering you salvation. God-image, not self-image. This is how God sees you. When you start replacing those words, self, with God, your entire life changes. And, hey, folks, I know this snuck right up on us again, but we're going to go ahead and let our broadcast do what they got to do. We'll be right back with you. Does Jesus care? He does care. Mm. Accepting freedom, Kevin. Isn't it a wonderful thing that we can accept freedom? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. You know, one of the things that touches my heart is when I watch a video of pets that had been abused and they're they're in a shelter and a new master is claiming them and they're selected you know, they're chosen, they're desired by this new master and they don't want to come out of the cage. They don't want to trust. And then, you know, maybe you see a, a follow-up clip of how that, that dog, that puppy, that cat is just running, playing happy as can be with this new master. And, but it took a while for it to accept freedom. And that, that I think is where a lot of people are, you know, I, I remember uh, you, the, our first church plant we did back in the late 80s up in Pennsylvania. It wasn't a military church. It was a civilian church way out in the country. But I was knocking on the doors down Back Hollow Road uh, near Fowler's Hollow. And, you know, one door was a lady named Linda. <clears throat> and she had, she lived with a niece and a daughter. And uh, she was just, uh, she had a uh, lipedema. She was, you know, just, she had some physical problems, real sweet gal in her thirties, I guess. And, uh, whoever and I knocked on the door and we went several times trying to just help her, but you could tell she was stuck looking at her past. She had been abused by her previous husband. In fact, she still had scars from that abuse and she was just a whooped puppy. And that little house on Back Hollow Road, I can still picture sitting there and she would, you know, kindly say, do you want a piece of candy or something like that? You know, just we'd have nice little visits, but she could never see the gospel because she was looking at her her trauma. And um, one day um, I, I, I stopped by and, uh, she, you know, she kind of started into the same routine of her and she was sincere, but, but it was, you could tell it was a vicious cycle of self-destruction where she was keeping herself in her sins, unforgiven and on her way to hell. And I shared again, the gospel and she just like, but, but, and I just stopped. And I just said, Linda, I don't know what to say that'll break you free, but if Jesus were here, he would know the exact thing to say, because Linda he loves you and he died for you. He's the one that wants you out of this. He's the one that wants to save you. And she, she paused and she said, you're right. And she bowed her head and received Christ as her savior. Amen. And, um, she came to church that night, uh, got baptized, brought her 
daughter and her niece, they got saved and uh, baptized them. Then she started bringing other family members and they were getting saved. God did a great work in that family. But, you know, Satan was keeping her bound to her past and to some things that unjustly happened. But she couldn't change. She needed to see, just like you said, that that God was her answer. Yeah. Yeah. And just understanding that. And then finally, number 12 and uh, is finding joy in the Lord. So the 12th step to healing, and there's 12 steps. And the 12th one is we find joy in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice over in Philippians 4, 4. And so when Christ came into this world, he brought with him great, great joy, folks. You know, uh, the great joy and his crucifixion, the most terrible thing that could have ever happened to him, changed the entire world for us. One sin had ruined the world and one Savior had changed the world. And uh, so this isn't a, a, just this little kind of happiness. This is a long-term, we get to be saved. We get to rejoice. Here's the, uh, the Apostle Paul and, and Philip, you know, writing a letter to the Philippians, to the Philippi church. And here he is in Rome in prison. And, and Kevin, he's waiting to die. And in the mm-hmm. midst of all that, he says, rejoice in the Lord always and again. I say rejoice. He's saying, you know, I I lived a good life, man. And uh, if God allows me to live, it's better for you guys who are around me. I'm going to do whatever I can. Can you imagine what that prison was like, Kevin, with Paul there? Paul wasn't, uh, you know, hanging out and trying to do lifestyle evangelism. Paul was putting out the word of God, brother. I mean, he's sharing the gospel. He's got people chained to him on top of him, looking after him. Uh, I mean, this guy is going through it. And he's sharing the gospel. He's making a difference. But Paul teaches us something from this terrible prison epistle, um, the terrible trial he's in. It's not a terrible prison epistle. But what he says out of this whole thing is he goes on and says, you know what? It's about where we get our joy from. And we get our joy from Christ. We rejoice in him. And, and I'm saying again a second time because I want you guys to get this. We get our joy, uh, our, our joy from God. So rejoice in him. And uh, isn't that what it's all about, Kevin? As healing comes along, people are looking for places and ways to get their joy. They, we look in our children. We look in friends. We look in family. We look in spouses. You, you name it. We could put down the whole list, our sports teams, things of that nature. But Paul's being pretty clear. You want joy? There's one place to get it. Mm. Yeah, you know, joy is, is uh, again, it's that baseline. <clears throat> Everyone needs joy, but, you know, joy is different than happiness, and, and joy is different than ecstasy or a rush, uh, you know, an adrenaline thing or endorphins or whatever. Uh, all those things are there and, and, and come and go, but, you know, everybody needs to have an abiding joy, and you just don't know what it is apart from Christ. And, you know, at this Christmas season, you know, great joy shall be to all people for there is born in this city, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. So he came to bring Christmas joy. You know, the the purpose of Christmas is a savior and that savior sets up a throne in the heart of, of a, of a human being. And from that throne is given out blessings and joy. And we need to look to Christ, not to the circumstances, not to, wow, I'm alone this Christmas. 
wow, I, I am, you know, I've lost this. I don't have enough money this Christmas. You know, that that's going to hurt the joy. So finding joy, just like you said, finding joy in the Lord, that's just so important. It's just a, a basic need. Everyone needs to have it. And Hollywood tries to tell you what joy is, and they're always wrong. They're always fouled up on it. But now we have a real source of joy. And, uh, you know, I talked to someone um, not real long ago who had been abused. And, um, I, you know, as as someone, you know, myself, who's, you know, I, I haven't been through abuse, but, uh, you know, the devil's messed with us. And we've been through some junk. And as, as we look back at things, I think we have to come to the point where we say, you know, all of that is under the, the, the sin that. Uh, of myself and anyone, I wanted to be under the blood of Jesus. I cannot control anyone else, what they did to me. I hope that their sin eventually is put under the blood of Jesus. I'm, I'm like Jesus said, bless them that despitefully use you. Well, the greatest blessing it says in the book of Acts, unto you first God has sent Christ to bless you in turning everyone from his sins, from his iniquities. So if I'm wanting my abuser or my accuser to be blessed, I'm basically saying, I want them to get right with God, because if they get the joy of Jesus, they won't need to treat me this way anymore. And so to look at, at the past and, you know, the Bible says they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb. So put my mistakes under the blood to desire other people's lives to be under the blood, because that's the only way that we're going to be able to, you know, wrap our mind around what took place. It's got to be put under the blood. And then going forward, it's really a matter of putting it under the power of the Holy Spirit as a believer. And that's a different thing altogether. But but saying, Lord, I need your power to go forward a changed person and find that joy in the Lord. Yeah. And, and, and there it is, folks. I mean, as we wind this down, we've covered these 12 steps to healing, and it really does, it ends with a joy in the Lord, where we're finding our joy, where we're living. We started off saying, number one, we need to accept Jesus Christ to heal. Number two, we got to realize we're a new creation in Christ. Uh, number three, we got to acknowledge the trauma we've been through. Number four, uh, we got to realize we live under the shadow of an almighty God. Number five, realizing that growth often means pain and trauma. Number six, pain transforms us into his image. Thank you, God, for that. Number seven, pain helps us grow. Number eight, seek biblical counseling. Number nine, know your triggers. Number 10, no self-destruction, no self-handicap, no self-injury. You got to heal, friends. Stay away from the junk, the parasites. Number 11, accept freedom. Accept from God what he's given. He's went before thee. He's with you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you alone. And then finally, as Kevin was just wrapping up, we rejoice in the Lord. We find our joy in God. People are going to let us down, even our enemies, even the people who hurt us when they find their joy joy in God. We don't have to worry about him anymore. It's about God. He can change your life. Folks, we're just so honored that you took the time to listen to us today. Listen, if we can do anything to help you, make sure you come out to Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. Drop me a message at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Uh, I sure do love you folks. What a great honor it is. Merry Christmas. We'll look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Thank you. May the Lord bless you.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.